Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. Whenever there's a crisis, people innovate. They learn new things and they make new discoveries. We adapt. We do whatever needs to be done to overcome a crisis. And that is exactly what is happening now too, as we face the coronavirus pandemic. I'll explain more in a little bit. For years, policy experts in the field of healthcare have been talking about the medical workforce crisis, among other things. In the United States, we have an aging population, which means that demand for healthcare will go up in the years to come. In general, as people age, they have greater need for medical resources than when they were young. Our needs are growing, but the healthcare workforce, especially the number of doctors, is not growing as fast as we would hope. But it gets even more difficult. The medical professionals, not just doctors, but also nurses, nurse practitioners, medical assistants, and more, are not distributed evenly across the country. For example, in big cities, there may be a concentration of doctors, as well as hospitals and clinics. But when you go out into the countryside, the rural parts of America, we often find that there are not enough doctors or nurses. People have need, but the resources that would help them get the care that they need don't exist. Over the years, the government and also the private sector have tried to address this shortage through various programs and policies. There are financial incentives that encourage medical professionals to practice in what we call medically underserved areas or health professional shortage areas. The website for the Health Resources and Services Administration of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has more information on these. Medical schools have also come up with programs that are aimed at encouraging students to pursue career in specialties where there are shortages, and the schools and the faculty also try to prepare students to serve in rural areas and even underserved urban areas. The core of the issue is, how do we connect finite resources such as doctors, with patients who are in need of care. Telehealth has been discussed for years as an effective way to increase access to care. Now, what is telehealth? Telehealth refers to the use of advanced communication and medical technology to remotely deliver healthcare services. It allows a doctor and patient to share information in real time without being physically close. A doctor in a city such as Madison, uh, the city where I live, could potentially, through telehealth technology, communicate with a patient in rural Wisconsin. Now let's come to the main point. When the coronavirus outbreak started, people started social distancing, cutting down on unnecessary travel and began 
avoiding large gatherings. On the healthcare front, hospitals and clinics began postponing non-essential procedures to focus on urgent and emergency needs. But that did not mean that people stopped needing care. Even in the absence of COVID-19, people have tremendous healthcare needs. And add COVID in the picture, and people need additional healthcare services. I mentioned earlier at the beginning of this episode that whenever there's a crisis, we adapt and we try to continue with our lives by overcoming challenges. During the pandemic, telehealth came to, came to the rescue. Telehealth technology allowed people to stay safely in their homes and still be able to connect with doctors and other members of a patient-centered medical care team, such as, such as nurse practitioners, nurses, and others, using phones, tablets, laptops, and desktop computers. Video calls allowed providers and patients to still be able to see each other while being in different locations. It's true that televisits do not allow providers to check the pulse, the weight, or the blood pressure of patients, or to conduct a thorough physical examination. But given the crisis, given the pandemic, it is still better than not be able to see a doctor at all. It must also be noted that telehealth increases efficiency by eliminating time spent on traveling to the clinic and back. Communications technology allows a doctor to switch from one patient to the next quickly while perhaps being in the same room in front of a computer screen, which frees up more time. This is especially important when, as I already mentioned, resources are tied up in not only providing services to COVID-19 patients, but also making sure that the non-COVID patient needs are also met. Sounds great, right? Well, let's not forget that the American healthcare industry is highly regulated and the rules can be quite complex. People have different insurance plans. They go see different doctors in numerous healthcare systems spread across the country. Patients seek routine care as well as care for acute and chronic needs. Providers in particular have to be aware of what is allowed and what is not in medical practice. Concerns surrounding liability can be huge. Fortunately, as we have seen in 2020, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services issued waivers to make it easier for patients, such as those who are in the Medicare and Medicaid programs, to receive medical care via telehealth services during the pandemic. For example, the list of covered telehealth services for the Medicare program was expanded to include emergency department visits, home visits, therapy services, and also initial nursing facility and discharge visits. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, also made policy changes to allow healthcare providers to do telehealth visits with patients, 
even across state lines. CMS allowed providers to bill for telehealth services as if the services were provided in person. During the COVID-19 crisis, the federal government provided information to medical professionals on what kinds of software and applications can be used in good faith to communicate with patients and which applications should not be used so that privacy of patients could be ensured. The use of telehealth grew significantly over the last several months. Many patients who would otherwise probably never explore such advanced communication technology for medical care are starting to realize the convenience of telehealth during the coronavirus pandemic. This is a turning point in the field of medicine. Telehealth technology has been around for years, but this pandemic really put telehealth to the test. Let's revisit what I said at the beginning of this episode. We have an aging population. Seniors have growing need for healthcare, and they also want to be safe from contagious illnesses. Therefore, Senior citizens would greatly benefit from being able to receive treatment remotely while staying at home. I believe many Americans would benefit from the growth and expansion of telehealth services. For many seniors, transportation can be a huge issue. In fact, there are organizations that help provide transportation services to the elderly, including driving them to medical appointments. Telehealth would reduce the need for transportation. This should not be something that people use only during a viral outbreak. Widespread use of telehealth services could help even when there is no threat of a virus. Well, there obviously has to be more discussion on it, particularly about the legal aspects of providing care through electronic communication. However, I believe that telehealth truly is the future of healthcare. I could go on and on. There's a lot to be discussed about telehealth. One episode would not be sufficient. So at this point, I would like to ask you, my listeners, about your views. What do you think about telehealth and what aspect of it do you like, and what concerns do you have, if any? Please share with me your thoughts. Send me a message, find me on social media. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for listening. I hope to be back again with another episode of Explore and Engage with Anam.